and welcome to ABW Live. The glory days of Arsenal are back. Arteta, he's figured it out. Same start in 11, four games in a row. And is that four wins in a row? Yeah, so we don't talk about the Everton one. We have three wins in a row, three really good performances. And with me to talk about this uh, tonight and this morning, because Stan's in Canada and it's uh, 11.30am. First of all, it's uh, French Guna back after a, a magnificent uh, prediction. What did you predict? Yeah, 4-1, mate. I called it and so it was. <laughs> and also with us tonight is uh or this morning because in canada it's half 11 like i just said it's stan the man back again hey, you right, Stan? you're feeling a bit poorly earlier weren't you is that old yeah. age i almost didn't get up for this one you know because i had a bit of a late night uh watching a couple of i was watching um the witcher with the missus and i thought i'd have a lie in and watch it in a replay but i sent me alarm and i saw your message and i woke up with this like groggy throat and i'm really glad now that i watched it live Really, really glad I watched that one live. Enjoyed that. Yeah, so am I. It's excellent. I tried watching The Witch. I watched half of one episode and lost the will to live. But I've just discovered what we what they do in the shadows. What we do what in the something in the shadows on the BBC with Matt Berry. It's hilarious. It's so good. No, we're not here to discuss that, are we? History Hunters is there. Ray Anderson is there. Mike Hertz. Uh, Joshua Page is saying Arteta out. Digi is there in China. Carnage is there on Twitch. Julio Salmondo is on Facebook at the moment. Evening, guys. Sunes is is sucking a lemon in the studio. That melt hates Arsenal. He certainly does. And then we've got uh, Phil there saying, hang on a minute, just making a sausage sandwich. I'm going to stop reading your messages. It's like me when I'm in the chat, just annoying people. Ah, oh, Don One is here. It's been a while. I say that. I think you're in the last show. Was it just me or, or me or was the Leeds fans fighting Saka, giving Saka abuse tonight? Wouldn't be surprised. Avon's there. Uh, formerly Noza is there. Daniel Sheldon Fry. I'll get a point if I get that right. Good evening from Rainy Israel. Hello. Rainy? You don't get rain there. Um, I'm not reading any more of your messages. Uh, curry ordered. I, I was going to have curry tonight. I was going to have a chicken tikka masala. We had pizza instead, so I've got half of a a, a pepperoni hot. Uh, right. Um, let's uh, – what do we do next? We, uh, we talk about the game, don't we? So, uh, friend, how did the game go? And what did you uh, – how did you think it was uh no i'm thinking of two things at once how did you think that no what did you think of the game there you go and where you like me you thought first half that's it we're gonna get eight goals i've got those questions yeah. in the right order eventually i i did think your prediction was going to be the right one after those even those first few minutes man so i think what happened straight away was Leeds got in on us didn't they pretty much in like the first 30 seconds of the game and then we got in on them twice and you're just like okay this is a bit of a wild one isn't it couple of like really clear chances that we messed up um right at the start i think was it uh Laka not getting a shot off and then saka just putting it wide where it's pretty much open um and it felt like it might be one of those you know when we don't kind of get clinical enough at the start and get a few chances but yeah we just kind of went on from there and and martin aldo you know what can we say about him that kid um something special i think that's that he's probably the story of the game for me um and uh, you know what? Realize they kept talking about Leeds having a young team, but ours was actually younger than theirs, like throughout the whole game, right? Yeah. So 
Yeah, I think it probably was. They had a, a 15-year-old on the bench, apparently. Most of their team I've not really heard of, apart from the likes of um, Harrison, Rafina, um, the uh, the lanky bloke in goal, and Dallas, and Luke Ailings, he used to be a gooner, and uh, the ones that are out injured. But the rest of them, I've never heard of any of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know who they were, but they weren't young. They couldn't talk about an experience. They kept talking about that in the game, like, oh, yeah, one team's full of young players who just got thrown in together. And I was like, who are they? Are they talking? I couldn't even tell who they were talking about. But, um, yeah, I was, I was, uh, like, after that first kind of Martinelli goal went in, you just knew that, you know, we were gonna, we were gonna be in control. I, I just had a kind of feeling of security, which is nice to say because, you know, I haven't felt that in a while. Even after, like, in the second half, we took the foot off the gas, kind of, you know, uh, dropped off a bit and Leeds started to get back into it. But I was never really, you know, it was never really an actual concern, you know. So it was nice and comfortable, like 4-1, you know, on to Boxing Day. Stan, how long into the game was it before you were high-fiving the missus? Because Sean's mum was here. We had pizza together. She's gone home now. And uh, at one point, I had a mouthful of peaches and I shouted at the top of my voice, Oh, you effing dirty C-word as Martinelli scored his second goal. She said, yeah. it's a change seeing you celebrating Arsenal gold and us explaining about how good he is and he's, and that some people think he plays in, similar to Henri did at hit that age. And it's just absolutely magnificent, wasn't it? I mean, going into this game, I was pretty certain that I just had a good feeling that we were going to get something out of it. I was sure that we would get all of the three points. And yeah, you're right. The missus got up as well for this one and was making the breakfast and... Um, uh, my missus is Canadian and she does drop some great cherries in there. She was she, she said that she was feeling sorry for Leeds defencemen, as she calls them. People that claim defence are defencemen. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but, but I mean, you could, I mean, within the first couple of minutes, we'd forced uh, Melier into a couple of saves. And I just thought to myself, I had a good feeling that we were going to be away at the races today. I just had a good feeling about it. So 4 1, it's a shame we couldn't keep um, uh, the clean sheet. But it was no, it was no. Uh, it shouldn't be a surprise there that the goal came from the side where Tommy Asu went off, and Cedric came on, and we lost a little bit. It was almost for a period of time where it felt like we'd gone down to ten men, you know. And Cedric, to me, just was um, strolling about a little bit instead of like getting straight into the game and trying to take up the, the slack from Tommy Asu. But overall, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get into it. I mean, some great performances mm. out there, and as you mentioned in your intro. We're starting to see now. It's it's wonders what can happen when you start picking the same players, and you start putting out, you start getting a little bit of consistency in your selection, and people start building up uh, relationships and partnerships all over the pitch, and that's what you're beginning to see now. It was indeed, and uh, none of you slackers in the chat noticed that when I was doing the the preview show that I was reading the Arsenal v Leeds Premier League games, not the Leeds v Arsenal Premier League games. So when the game kicked off, I went. Oh, we're not at home. That's how much notice I took of home or away. Anyway, uh, now that we've done a quick summary of the game, we're getting to, I've uh, made some notes. Stan, feel free to let me know if you've got a note that I've missed. Um, 15th minute, French. No idea what happened, but some, di- some shoving, some shoving, I've got a tooth missing, diving, men falling over when they should know better. Then Martinelli says, hold my beer, stepped up, spanked it into the um, top corner, top, of the net from near the penalty area that was um that was nail biting stuff is the only way i can describe mm. that and a magnificent finish the way they were all laying on the floor and falling over it was hilarious 
It reminded me a little bit of um, ESR's goal against Leicester. Um, just like aesthetically, it was very similar in that we kind of charged into their box, flooding it. The kind of uh, balls bumping around a bit, a little bit of chaos, and you know, just putting pressure on the ball. Uh, I think it was Lacazette in this instance who, who manages to get the ball towards Martinelli with an interception, like a little pressing assist. Um, and then, yeah, that finish just in the upper right was just lovely, absolutely lovely to see. Um, and from that point, yeah, we were just, yeah, felt good, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Stan, did you think it was going to get disallowed for one of those many of their players falling over? Because every time we score a goal, like the third goal we scored, was it the third? Where they blew the whistle, didn't they? And I went, oh, I'm making, I've put my pizza and I'm making notes. Oh, no. He's just letting them know, don't go over to the crowd to celebrate, wasn't he? But did you think yeah. he was going to get disallowed for any of those their players? Because when you look back at it, Leeds had two or three players sat on their ass in the penalty area, which is, I'm sure, not in their job description. Well, when the ball got, when the ball came out from from our end, it was it was a little bit pinball-y. It was a little bit scrappy. And you have to give big props to Lacazette. He's almost like smug, managed to smuggle the ball out from everybody and give it to Martinelli. And once the ball gets to Martinelli... That's his trademark, isn't it? He's just off to the races. But no, I didn't think... Um, I, I actually didn't think that there was any call for an infringement. I just thought a couple of their players just got left on their asses, basically. Mm. Um, but, I mean, Martinelli, now that he's getting, um, you know, he's getting regular regular playing time, he's showing you what he can do. And, you know, when he came into our team, what was that for, in his first season? He got about 10 goals for us, didn't he? Yeah, he was in the Europa League. Yeah. We knew, I knew, I knew then that you know if he's able to come in and and get into double figures that he was going to produce for us, and it's just a shame that he had that long uh, that long absence out of the team. But we're seeing it now, you know. I, I knew at some point that he would play a part this season because we are kind of short of players. At some point, I knew that he was going to get his chance, and it was whether he's going to take it or not. And um, I think someone tweeted out earlier. I think he scored more goals now than uh, Lukaku has. Lukaku's <laughs> has been injured, yeah. hasn't he? So, I wouldn't so, be surprised right. by that. <laughs> yeah, um, the next note I've got, 24th minute, everybody uh, get a cool drink and a sit down, take a deep breath. Party got a shot on target, French. I think it was that the first one he's ever had because <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't know what was going on. I thought, is he upside down? How has he got one right in the bang centre of the goal? I mean, it was at the goalkeeper, but that, that was encouraging, wasn't it? Yeah, we were he was we were getting into into the box quite a lot. I think um he had a shot on target from I think Saka gave it to him as well. I don't know if that's the same one or one that was earlier. Um when he was sort of coming down the right almost in Saka's position. Um and again Xhaka was uh, was in the box for for that Martinelli goal. So we definitely were just getting lots of bodies into the box and people you might not usually see that high up just getting in there and, and having a go. I thought Ben White was going to score one today but he ended up doing the other thing instead. <laughs> but um yeah, we were we were really flooding that box and really kind of getting forward and I mean anybody could have scored. It should have been 5-0 by half time, like genuinely should have been. So um yeah. were you annoyed that it seemed to be that Actually, no, I wasn't annoyed. When I was looking at that, I was thinking we were trying to score more goals. We didn't take our, our foot off the proverbial pedal. We it was just we kept on going. It was in the second half that we almost went there. Bad enough for this. Stan, were you uh, were you expecting more goals or do you think it was just oh, yeah. we were trying really hard? It just didn't come off. Well, in the first couple of minutes, Lacazette and Party forced a save for Melia. And then about on the 18th minute, just after um, Martinelli scores, that's when Saka done that beautiful bit of skill in their box, left two of their players 
on their ass, which I retweeted out. It was like it was like they both fell over on a bun- on a banana skin, and then he took that shot. And what was I put in? Saka takes a shot, almost takes off Dallas's head. <laughs> So it was just a pity that Dallas had just blocked that shot, but we were on it and we should have gone in at half time, maybe, you know, with five. Uh, true. Indeed. I just want to say hello to Chris there. Nice for you to join us. Not our Chris. Another Chris is this one is the, uh, the, uh, the Norwegian book writing, South American traveling wonder. There's Mr. Chris Herlander. He's the one who sent me a WhatsApp message of how to pronounce and uh, I've never got it right and never tried it ever, ever since. Uh, Stan, have you got any more notes between the 24th and the 29th minute? With uh, Yeah, the uh, 23rd with... minute, Tierney uh, forced a save, uh, which went out to a corner, and then there was Rafinha who, who missed a shot. And then um, I was remember, I wrote a little note next to it saying he was their danger. It seemed that for me that if there was one player on their side that we needed to try and keep quiet, it was Rafinha. <laughs> and then I, I, I think Jack did try to keep him quiet later in the game. I think yeah, he tried to kill him. <laughs> yeah, I made a note of that. I was like, I made that note. I was like, oh, that's the Jacker's back. That's the Jacker that I remember. <laughs> oh, Chris has given me a six out of ten for pronunciation. Well, he's a, he's he's a Brighton boy, but born in Norway, and he's back in Norway now. I think writing a book, um, La Bombonera, which is the chocolate box. I think. He wrote a book and uh, lots of people are tweeting about it and he's got good reviews for it. So, uh, yeah, if he wants to, Chris, let me know and I'll put your your Twitter, tweet, your Twitter thing up there and people can go and have a look at it and go and buy your book. It's a really good book. I've not read it. I don't read it unless it's got colouring in to do. French, um, uh, Stan just said that Kieran Tierney shot, which I remember now, but he uh, did bottom left-hand corner of the post and then just barely missed it. Are you? What's your thoughts on Kieran Tierney as whose name I'm going to get wrong every time as the left back? Is it? Are we better with him at left back than we are of having um, Tavares at left back? Um, so I remember that was he, he took like a right-footed shot, didn't he? And he scored a beautiful one of those against West Brom. I thought he might do that sort of thing again. Um, Tavares, I absolutely love as well. I didn't necessarily have the strongest cameo at the end of the game. I think he just you know did what needed to be done, but. He does add a, a, a different element in terms of our build-up of play. What Tierney tends to do is want to be in that kind of upper part of the pitch when we're building up play, which means that Xhaka has to drop in. At one point, Lacazette was in left-back, which I think he was going to take the piss out of that uh, Leeds defender who kept man-marking him all over the pitch. He had that number five on his ass, and he ended up in left-back, like um, taking the place of... Sorry, I've got these puppies in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Like building a, a nest. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what breaking something most likely. Um, yeah, so Tierney, Tierney's kind of positioning means that we have to sort of fill in behind, and we we sometimes have Partey kind of a bit more isolated because of that. Um, in the in the centre, because Jacques has to drop in behind where Tierney's gone. It's not been a problem in the last few games, um, and I, I think obviously in terms of what Tierney offers in the box and end product wise, it it makes up for anything else. Uh, but there was also that bit where um, tracking back, uh, Tierney looked a little bit uh, uncomfortable. Who was it? It was on Rafina, wasn't it? Is that right? I think sure. that's a bit later on in the game. Um, do you remember that, Danny? Some, no. They were charging down on our goal, um, and I think Rafina ends up putting it wide, and Tierney's tracking him back the whole way. Um, but 
like not really checking him like he's not really trying to put a tackle and he kind of lets him come inside it's a very hard position for him to defend in to be fair but I just wonder if you know with that kind of physicality and athleticism that Tavares had he might have been able to box him out a bit um I just think it's a great problem to have if it is a problem that we have two fantastic left backs yeah like Don Juan says Stan Tierney is coming back into top form it's great to, to have two players in that position especially one of them is experienced and rock hard as Tierney is. I think at one point in the second half, it, it looked like someone hit him in the face and he just walked off, went, yeah, walking off. <laughs> well, that was a typical Scotsman. Yeah, I mean, I, I still, for me, you know, into, moving into next season, he would be my first pick to be the captain of, of the Arsenal team. And I noticed today on both flanks, we're really good at getting balls into that channel in between the full their full back and then the centre-back. You know, Tierney was getting uh, Gabrielle in there and at times Gabriel put Tierney in there as well. So, um, good understanding on that left-hand side of the both of them, I think. Yes, I agree. It was, um, and later on in the game, we come to this later, we had Tierney at left-back and Nuno at left-wing, left-midfield, left-forward. And I thought, oh, could that be a, something of uh, the future to come? Because, uh, yeah, that'd be a great combination. Remember back in the days when we wanted... Um, who was it who wanted, was it Gail Clichy and then Kieran Gibbs ahead of him, two left-backs playing at the same time because Gibbs was good at getting forward. Poor old Gibbs now kicking his heels in, in Miami. Um, right, the next point I've got is, um, oh, I've done that one. Uh, have I? No, 29th minute. We haven't done the Jack, um, that 29th minute one, have we? Xhaka with a superb tackle. You know, Xhaka, the one everybody hates who can do no wrong. To get the ball in midfield, gets up, turns, runs down the field, puts a through ball to Martinelli, just like Lacazette did for Martinelli in the Southampton game. And Martinelli gets it, runs through the defence, shrugs off a couple of nibbles. I think they're well, not fouls, but they tried to stop him. And uh, spanks it home, Stan. That was... Uh, that was that was a thing of beauty, was it? And again, I screamed with a mouthful of pizza. I mean, that might have been the second time I screamed. I did a lot of screaming tonight. Fair play as well, because that was a good ball there by, by Xhaka. No, I don't say anything about nice about Xhaka, Stan. That's not allowed. Well, I was, was going to tweet out like that. Xhaka was playing really well. And I thought to myself, well, I'm going to hold off because I don't want to jinx him. And then it was a little bit just after I was thinking about that, that he went and spoiled it a little bit. <laughs> I mean, but the, the goal by Martinelli as well to take it over the keeper the way that he did as well. You can see that he you can see that he was just growing in the game. You know, he was looking so confident when he got the ball. He'd get the ball out on the left and he'd just like put his foot on it. And then the, the Leeds players would be looking at him and it'd be like a little bit of a jiggery poker. He was getting very confident as the game went on. And um, it just makes me chuckle when you think that Man United had him in their grasp, what, maybe three times? He went up to Old Trafford and had Charles and yeah. and sent him away. I think it yeah. might have been four times, to be fair. So um, fair play to us for seeing what they didn't. And Barcelona had him. They had him on, they had him on trial as well. Um, yes, on the same point, French, what was, what was your thought of that goal? How, how, how much were you squealing or do you more manly and just went... Bravo! <laughs> the second one. Uh, <laughs> I again have to give um, the unforg- unforgivable sin. I have to give credit to Xhaka. Um, he, was, <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was fantastic um, in, in that bit of build-up, the press and the the, the pass through. Um, I would say if he'd gone down Martinelli um, under one of those challenges or one or two of them, mm. I can't which one, maybe the one from that right back. Um, 
I, I think it would have been a penalty, to be honest. The, 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 I think there was enough contact for him to go down. And I really like the fact that he didn't. And he chose to stay on his feet and had that kind of awareness to still be able to just dink it over the keeper like that. Um, yeah, just absolutely incredible style, boy. Um, the hat trick felt on, to be honest. But yeah. he, he wasn't too. He, he passed as well. You know, he didn't just blindly go for it after that. So, yeah, it, it just he's just incredible, isn't he? It shows his hunger for goals, the fact that he didn't want to take the risk of leaving it going for a penalty and that he would just uh, keep running and try and do his best to score. That happened a few times later on, trying to get the hat-trick. There was a couple of times where it might have been a better idea to pass to one of his teammates. Remember at one point, I think Saka was standing to the right of him went, oh, what? And that, but you could see, well, that's what we want, a striker yeah. who's hungry for goals and who can get shots on target. Um, yeah. My next point is, uh, oh, Stan, you got anything between the 29th and the 41st minute? Yeah, there was another Lacazette miss, wasn't there? And it was on target, but it, it just couldn't get the ball past the goalkeeper. Um, I think Odegaard come running into the box. He could have taken a shot himself, I felt. But he, he slipped the ball to the left, to, to Lacazette. And again, on target, goalkeeper just in the right place. Hmm. French? Yeah, I thought, I thought I thought Odegaard probably should have shot there. I think um, he had the opportunity to take it on his right and he clearly wanted it on his left. Yeah. Um, by that time, yeah, it just wasn't there. So the the angle for Lacazette was pretty tight, as Stan said. Mm, good. Yeah. But uh, it's lovely to see. Do you think, um, French, do you think that Lacazette is actually thriving at the moment, being given the... He's, on the pitch, he's the senior player and, and he's the captain. And do you think... It, uh, it, it looks like he feels more... More loved, more. I don't know. He's he's like he's leading the way for the younger players. And I, I think he's up to his game, hasn't he? He knows exactly what to do, and it's really and it, it's brilliant for me. There's a lot of things that he's changed in his game. He used to be when he first came, we typified him as like this just poacher in the box, right? That's what he does. He gets in that six yard box, fox in the box, and what he's turned into now is like almost this sort of floating half nine ten drops into left back for fun. Um, I remember the. Again, the game against West Brom uh, in the snow, the one that Tenny scored that screamer in. For me, that was the first moment that I saw Lacazette kind of stepping into this role of enabler for the younger players. Um, I think he played that that uh, he played a role in a beautiful goal for I think it was Saka or Osmith, I can't remember one of the two, but sort of round the corner um, ball. And yeah, I think it was Smith Rowe put it in for Saka. Um, and Lacazette just seemed to click straight away that, OK, yeah, I can just drop in back and help these guys out. These guys have all the energy. They've got all the legs. They want to run around. I don't want to run around. I want to just be somewhere and be a wall or be a kind of set uh, set for the play. Um, and I think he's, he's really smart in picking up that, that role. Yeah. Any other points between there, Stan? Because uh, I don't tend to make too many points no. anymore because I get carried away. No, but I think um, Lacazette's thriving at the moment. I think the the, the formation is helping him. Uh, he's not so isolated on his own because I, Odegaard is running in and around him as well and making things happen. And for me, you know, Odegaard playing in that pocket where he plays, I mean, he's just a puppet master for me. He's involved in a lot of good things that we do. And, mm-hmm. and, and I just think as well, he's only going to get better. He's only, what, 23 himself. He's got so there's so much more to come from Martin Odegaard, and you can see the quality in abundance for me. And it just surprises me. I mean, I can I remember a tweet at the beginning of the last game before we kicked the ball. I remember reading someone's tweet who said Martin Odegaard is the worst midfielder ever to put on an Arsenal shirt. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> 
Oh, you can't really add anything else to that, can you? No, no. Oh, what the fuck are you talking about? Eye. When I saw it, I literally just raised an eyebrow. I couldn't, I couldn't say anything. I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't even retweet it. I just raised an eyebrow. I just thought, okay. It's almost as bad as that bloke with uh, who's hates uh, who hates Tommy Asher, isn't it? French and those those tweets that he keeps getting. I bet he's getting some today, though, isn't he? He's got to be. <laughs> Everyone at Sky Cover and tell him he's finished as a pundit. That's it. You know, what I was saying earlier about my love for El Nenny. I did this. It's a group photo, and I changed all the heads to El Nenny's. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and of course that look at that say that again it's in the shape of a pyramid look at that it is the pyramid <laughs> fc the, pyramid uh, perlo that's it yeah. and uh i call the, the the ones at the back get a little bit weird because they're further away but they've got the same yeah. size heads and the one at the front has got a tiny head i don't know <laughs> what i was doing there it looks like the bloke out of um uh oh the bloke who played Batman played him. It's uh, he wears a black and white stripy suit, and they're all dead. Oh, I can't remember. Isn't that terrible? Anyway, Beetlejuice. That's it. The one at the front looks like the bloke from yeah, Beetlejuice. Yeah, he's he's in the waiting room with the tiny head. Yeah, <laughs> he's sat in the waiting room with that little head. Thank you, Stan. Good. I'm glad you're on here. Someone who knows about films because I'm just awful at it. All right, let's have a look and see what else people are saying in the chat. It's probably just all I hate Jacka. I love Jacka. Um, oh, there was an update from um, Chris in in Norway. He's saying he's just there eating uh, eating trout that his 86 year old legendary uncle has just fished. There you go. That's the joy. Is he often? If you follow, he's got an amazing Instagram. He uh, he often goes. I'm going on a three day walk from his house in Norway to someone else's house in Norway. Just him and the dog walking through all the. I think it's three days. It could be three hours. I don't know. I do look at that. He is very good. And right, uh, let's go and go from ah Don one. Odegaard killed them today. Here is very good. C Rex, can we get Martinelli as a striker? Saka right, Smith Rowe left, and Oday at the uh, Oday. Odegaard at the 10, please. Stan, what do you think of that? Could that work? Well, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Martinelli playing through the middle. And, you know, it, it didn't do much harm for Thierry Henry when that change was made. <laughs> it turned out all right, didn't it? It turned out all right. <laughs> but I think the lad's got to want it and he's got he's got to believe in it. I know that Martinelli himself has said that he thinks his best position is, is, is on the wing. But Thierry Henry also put up a bit of resistance when it was first mentioned to him. But if he can believe in it and he follows the guidance, why not? I mean, if you're Martinelli, that's surely that's what you'd be thinking. You're thinking, okay, they want to do an honorary on me. Let's try it out. You know, Theo Walcott was one that used to beg for it. And then when he finally got given, it didn't quite work out. So oh, let, let's try it. But there's no rush. I don't think there's any rush, and he's scoring a lot of goals. Uh, he's, you know, he's proving to be very useful coming off of that left-hand side at the moment. Agreed. Uh, French, do you think... Uh, the reason why I think that might work is because the goal, one of the goals he scored today and the goal against Southampton was put through the middle like you would put... A, like in Aubameyang's peak days at uh, Dortmund, where you just put him through the middle and he'd just get the ball and run at the speed of light and then you couldn't catch him. Do you think that, that four would work? I think eventually it's it's a natural progression for him. I'd be surprised if we don't see it happen at some point. But I think right now, obviously, we've just been praising Lacazette and how much he sort of helps everyone else out around him. Um, 
And I, I, we've got like a tendency as fans to want to put all our favourite players in some way, somehow. But it's working pretty well at the moment. Um, the other thing is that he does naturally take up that position when Lacazette's on the pitch because Lacazette will drop back in. Yeah. Um, so he will end up in that central position. Uh, you know, nothing's super static in this team. There's a lot of structure, but there is also a lot of movement and rotation and players sort of taking up other spots where where to create overloads. And um, I think Martinelli coming through the middle is just, yeah, it, he does it anyway, as you've mentioned, for a couple of the goals. So I don't think we need to tweak it too much right now, but in future it will come, I believe. Rudy has gone and got us some, twi- um, some uh, com- quotes, not comments, I suppose they could be comments from uh, Bielsa. Bielsa on whether the game should have been postponed, he said, no, no, the rules don't contemplate the amount of injuries for a game to be suspended. Even if we had 10 players less, one was through suspension, um, one was illness, and the rest through injury. So, yeah, Bielsa. Um, right. Yeah, I agree with that. Can't really go change just because of injuries, especially as we had players out with COVID or late black the first game of the season against Brentford, and we uh, we played with two 12-year-olds up front. Um, right. Uh, 41st minute. Um, ah, yes. 41st minute. This, I think, is our third goal. Odegaard out wide to Saka, who runs down and then across the edge of the box, dodges a few tackles and keeps going, but thinks, fuck it, and spanks it. It goes in the bottom left of the corner. Um, Stan, is that is that how you saw it? Because I wrote I, this I in the commentary that I was watching that it, it, it had clipped like a deflection. But when I kept watching it back on the replay, I, it's like I couldn't see the deflection. It looked like it just had this bend right at the end of it. It was going straight to me, and it looked like it just bent off right at the very end and went in. I like it. I, I even wrote on my notepad, "How did he get that in?" I didn't <laughs> see the reflection, and even when I showed the replays, I just couldn't see it. But fair play, French. How did you see it? I I, I did think it was um, a deflection of. I think it was Robin Cook, um, I believe, um, but. Yeah, I want to say that I'm wrong and that Stan's right because that would be that would be a nicer goal. Um, so I'm going to go with Stan's account of things. I'm not. I'm going to untrust my. I, I'm just trying to find the goal again, actually, just to watch it again. But yeah, to me, I think it took the deflection. I just couldn't see it. I just could not see it myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It uh, looked like to me booted it and it came off the underside of the studs. Um, and then, yeah, Meslier just didn't have a chance. Um, but, I mean, he, he was more than kind of worthy of the goal, right? It was another brilliant performance from him. The way he broke those two spirits earlier on and sat those guys down was just hilarious. So he, he deserved the goal at the end of it. And my missus did comment as well. She actually said, oh, I think it came off one of their defencemen. Any have you heard anything about Tommy Asu? I did notice that after he went off, he was just sitting on the bench, all wrapped up, sitting there smiling, the Japanese assassin, because that bloke, you can kick him all day long and he's going to get you back. But he'll, he'll get you back in a way that Xhaka doesn't get people back, where Tommy will get away with it. But it's, uh, any, if anybody has any new, official news on him, do let us know. Um, right, uh, Stan, any more notes before the end of the first half? Because I don't have any. No. Oh. No, I've just thought as well that I, I, that I thought that the part, there's a lot of fizz in the passing in that first half. It, everything was very purposeful. A lot of the times we've been missing it in the final third, letting, letting passes go astray. But, and, and I also noticed that we were able to turn the ball over quite a lot and pick up on their mistakes. So that was good to see that we were mopping up and uh, getting opportunities out of their mistakes and uh, being decisive, I thought. 
French, what did you think at half time? Did you think it'd be more the same second half that we're going to come out there and score a load more, or we go full Arteta mode normally when we're one 0 up and we just try and shut the game down? I um, first of all, yeah, like I said, I thought it would be five nil already at that point. I didn't think that it was going to be seven nil, six nil. Just I don't know. I just didn't have that feeling. That's again, City are ridiculously clinical, and I just don't think we're quite at that point yet. Um, I was I was hoping they would score one and we would score one, so my prediction would be right, even though I don't make money off of it. <laughs> you know, it's just for my my ego. The moral and, victory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I didn't really get the feeling that we were going to storm on and and sort of uh, you know put seven nil in the way the way that the commentators were sort of saying they were sort of saying you know Bielsa's going to be worried for the second half it'll be the same again. But I I just yeah I had a feeling, especially with the congestion of fixtures we have. Uh, League Cup is it quarter final against Sunderland in the week, and then um, yeah, just a, a lot of tight games. Players can randomly drop out because of COVID. So to me, it really made sense to drop off the intensity and and just try and manage the game out. Mm, yeah, Stan, how did you think the second half was going to go? Because it didn't start though. If anything, the second half began with them being the more attacking side because they 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 may have gone in at half time and you're going look we're three 0 down go out there and try and do something and it almost tied to work didn't it but did you think we would come out the second half all guns blazing as the well, I, hope so. I, was, I was hoping was going to happen I thought that we would come out and like keep our foot on the gas and uh, try and pile on as many more goals as as, as we can but we did uh, it was you know it was obvious that there was a lull in the tempo in that second half. And then in, in, in the notes that I've got here, I haven't got anything written until the 48th minute. And I've just mm. put Xhaka's back because uh, that's uh, when uh, Xhaka started being, started being Xhaka again. And uh, it was at that moment that I saw my tweet of the day and somebody tweeted out. They said, what was it? They said, um, uh, Granite Xhaka has the ego of uh, Zlatan, but the uh, skill of Freddie Ampadu. <laughs> um, that did make me that kind of did make me chuckle a bit but me, um, Adu. yeah you know that young kid everyone said yeah. that was going to be like the next Pele you said Ampadu yeah yeah but that made me chuckle and um I, I, he didn't get a booking for that did he no and then straight away after or a little while after a Leeds player did exactly the same thing and got booked yeah a Leeds were at home didn't the referee realize they were at home French and 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 Xhaka was the first one to be in the referee's face. Like, what, what what's that about? Like, it was epic, <clears throat> epic shithousery from Xhaka. I've got to give him that. Don't know how he got away with it. And then yeah, the 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 sack on him to come and get in the referee's face after something just the exact same things happened. And he got a, wasn't that the Tomiyasu injury? Uh, and Gerhardt got the yellow card for that. Hilarious. It was. I expected. Uh, you know, you see those. Um, there's that meme going around where the bloke turns his head at the camera and goes. He's this way. He goes. Expecting Jack to do that to one of the cameras. <laughs> that would have been absolutely. Even the Jack's biggest haters would have loved him for doing yeah. that. That would have been hilarious. Um, so should um, Stan? Should Jack have been booked for that? And should the other bloke been booked, or or neither, or either, or the other way around? It, it wasn't until a little bit later with the Gelhart incident that I realised that Jack hadn't been previously booked. I just mm. thought he got booked. You know, I must have taken my half the game for a few minutes, and I, and I was thinking to myself. That um, that the temp, that that the style of the game had really changed, yeah. From that incident with Jacka, it started to get really niggly after that, and I just felt to myself, I don't think there was any need for Jacka to go in there like that because it it weren't really that type of game. We had them where we wanted them. 
we just had to keep piling them the, piling the pressure on and it almost looked like a lot of their players were just like falling to pieces they just couldn't like they, a lot of their players didn't look like they were going to be able to get through the whole of the 90 minutes so I didn't think mm. that Jackie needed to go there with that and I felt it for a period of time it changed the game and I think it didn't change it in our favour because it got really niggly after that and I was thinking to myself well if we're going to take our foot off the gas and close the game out which is what I thought Mikel Arteta was trying to do then I, I thought well just take Xhaka off now save him from himself rather than we go down to 10 and maybe bring on someone like uh, El Nenny and just close the game out but he didn't do that and I was a bit I was a bit worried for a while and I worked out exactly I was just thinking of that <laughs> all of them on and uh, I was just you know I was a bit concerned that Jack was on the yellow for a while you see and I thought oh you don't need that yeah, good point about them getting injured. Their, their bloke Dallas went off. It looked like he had a, a, a damaged ribs, and there was a couple of them. You thought, and there's one on the pit. There's another one. I don't know if either of you noticed it when he turned around and ran away. He had holes like that at the back of his calves in his socks, but they were in the same place. So, any idea what that was about? Almost like you know when you you get new clothes, you cut the tags out because they itch you, and then you go, oh, for God's sake, now I've taken the back of me me t-shirt off, and there's a big hole there. So yeah. it almost looked like he was in a hurry to cut it, but you wouldn't have tags in that part of the sock, the 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 um the sock, but they're both in the same place on both things, on both socks. Didn't notice that. Huh. Okay, Rudy's done us some more quotes as usual. Cheers, Rudy. Very kind of you, Arteta. Lacazette has a special talent, which is making the other players around him much better. This is what we need from the centre forward in this system. Ooh. It's a little bit of a dig. Uh, another one. There's a few of these. Um, focal point, link up. It's not as simple as we need to create for Alba. We can't play with a passenger or pure poacher. God, another dig. This isn't looking good. This isn't an official quote. Oh, for fuck's sake, you shitbag. He's done us. <laughs> Three years he's been lining me up for that. That was brilliant, though, that. <laughs> we can't play with a passenger or poacher. <laughs> all right this one is a real one he, honestly three years Rody's never done us dirty and now he's lulled me in <laughs> like a big fat trollop and I've, I've fallen for it this one is real Arteta and Martinelli we see the play every day and we know where the play has to be to appear in the right frame sustain that level into the season we started to use Gabby more and more when that was the case hold on here we go Noza, we need to create for Elba. We can't play for pa- uh, <laughs> that's what Arteta said. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, got us both. Noza, <laughs> Carlita says, Is Super Tommy Asho a beast or what? He is, you're not going to mess with him. Oh, and Carnage on Twitch, he's probably one of the few. How many people we got watching on Twitch? We've got two. Um, Arteta on Tommy Asho, no, it wasn't. No, it was more a muscular issue. He's got a big load on him. Even this week, he was struggling. Hopefully, he's not injured. Now, Carnage, you're not going to do that for three years and then bowl me a googly, are you? And then come out, Arteta's going to go, I'm decided I'm going to take up cricket and stop playing manager. Um, Oh, Nick is saying, come on, 50 likes or I will come back on. (laughs) And Richard says, uh, anyone know what AMN was today? Probably posing for his missus for Instagram with a T-shirt that says, fuck you, Arteta. Um, I've got no idea. No idea at all. And um, right, we have slightly drifted off the point. Um, uh, next note I've got, Stan, is a 73rd minute where the seaside Mustafi goes for Mustafi. Have you got anything before that? 
Yeah, with Cedric comes on, didn't he, for 63. And then in the 68th minute, I don't know why I just wrote down, do we buy a partner for Xhaka or Partey? So I don't know what I was obviously thinking there that I couldn't really put much between them, uh, just in their, in their recent performances. Yeah. Where do you think that's going, the partnership in midfield with those two? Um... I thought, I thought actually, uh, I thought Xhaka had a good game today. You're going to get yourself banned, young man. You need to stop that Xhaka tour. I mean, I'm not his biggest fan, as you know, but I mean, he did have a, a, a good a, a good game today. But the thing is with him, um, it's like a time bomb, isn't it? You don't know how long that bit of fuse is. You're just waiting for it to just ignite at some point. So I never feel secure. I'm never in a place with him that he makes me feel secure because he's got previous. Thomas Partey, I think, um, to be fair, he didn't look as bad today or as ineffective today as he has done to me for quite a lot of the season. So I'm hoping that he's beginning to find his groove a little bit better. But, you know, he's he took a couple of shots and for once, you know, they were on target and, you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't make up the, the, the debris that orbits the earth with all the spits of satellites that fall off from NASA. He actually managed to keep the ball within the Earth's atmosphere. So hopefully it's improving. You know, and What's it has thoughts? to because we've got so much invested into Thomas Partey and he came with such a big reputation <laughs> and it has taken him a while to, to, to settle. So, you know, I've got my fingers crossed that, you know, come, well, he's going to be leaving us soon in January, right? He's going to be going away soon. So, I, you know, I hope he doesn't get injured and he comes back and uh, with a bit of form. How about you, friends? What do you think of that partnership? Because it seems to be Party was the main man without actually doing anything, and Jack has come in from a long-term injury and played four back-to-back ninety minutes, hasn't he? That's mad. Yeah, it's really insane. But again, that is Jacker. That is just what he does. Like he's Mister Available, Mister Consistent, Mister. If I'm not red carded, like I will be there. So I mean, even the injury was kind of like unlike him. Um, so his availability is is just one of his like superpowers, really. Um, in terms of their partnership, I mean, I think it, yeah, it is still our best partnership. Xhaka, <clears throat> um, you know, he does he does some frustrating things. He does some Xhaka things, but like his his ability on the ball and his ball retention is is um, you know obviously the best that we've got in the, in the centre mid. I think um, he wasn't actually doing too much. The whole none of the team were doing any back passing for the most part of the start of the game. I, I I've realised like. Sometimes it seems like we can't pass the ball. We we just lose it. But we it's also that we're not really trying to just do ball retention. It seems that everything is is pointed upwards. And so a lot of the time it looks like, yeah, we just literally can't pass the ball. But it's always because we're trying to do more dangerous things. And I think Xhaka, um, in a team that is all about going forward, is a lot less frustrating than Xhaka in a team that is a lot more slow and clunky and build up in possession because then his flaws really stand out. I think in this team, he, he does just seem to find a role um, and, and sort of slot in and just pass the ball onto people who want to run a bit more. Um, mm. In terms of party, I think it's interesting that his partner, right, when we took him from Atletico Madrid and he didn't hit the ground running, people were like, Saul is really the, the good one at ATL. You know, he made party look good. Saul's gone to Chelsea and looked horrendous. So I don't know if there's something about just La Liga being a bit shit and them looking better. But um, yeah, it's quite interesting to see that they both not had the easiest start in the Premier League. You won't be the first to say that, that some of the players, when they've come from La Liga, especially if they come from one of the top three sides, 
they probably because they've had it so easy there for all those that time that they um they they do struggle. But he's been here for a while. I'm just looking. Um, Sal's on Sal's on loan at, at Chelsea. He's only played four league games, two League Cup, and three European games with no goals. And yeah, things considering he was such a I mean, 230 games, oh, not 230, that's just in the league. How old is he? He's 27, and he's played 340 games for Atletico, which is my, my Spanish team. But, uh, yeah, it's a bit weird. It wouldn't be the first, would it? It happens every now and then. Remember when, when Jose came over? He was he was only good for a little while. Luckily, it was when it was an important time. But then, is it the weather? Do you reckon the weather could have something to do with it? Because living in Madrid, you, you've got your shorts on all day, every day, haven't you? Over here, you're wearing a sleeping bag to work. It's horrendous. Um, you see, you'd think that with players coming over from Spain, and this is what always was was I would always find curious about um, uh, Lucas Torreira. You know, no matter what, you would think that, especially a manager like Emery and also uh, Arteta, could have made that player feel a little bit more at home. I mean, you know, they all speak the same language. You know, you think that would make it easier. To, to make a player feel a little bit more comfortable. So mm. I don't know what it is. And again, right, I mean, Thomas Party was in Spain for so long. He must speak Spanish, right? Must be He must speak that quite fluently. Oh, yeah. It must be easy for him to communicate with the manager and understand what the manager wants from him because they both speak the same, the same tongue. So I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is um, regarding them taking time to settle. I'm just looking where he was before. He was, he's... Uh... He signed for Atletico Madrid when he was 19 from uh, a team that I don't know. Never heard of them. So, uh, oh, it's a local club in Spain. So I don't know what year, what age he moved to Spain at. I can't be able to look at that now. But, yeah, he's been there. I just think, I just think he speaks fluent. But then, like Carlito says, Odegaard came from La Liga. Yeah. Mm. That's it. Here we go. Oh, Ro Rudy's got some more quotes here. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm worried now. Arteta on top four hopes. We are there now and it's still a long, long season ahead. A lot of unpredictable things are probably going to happen. And we want to keep involving, improving and getting better. But let's see where we get. Looking at the league table at the moment, we are fourth and obviously still fourth. And we are four points ahead of West Ham, five points ahead of Man United, six points ahead of Spurs, who have got four games in hand on us. And then Wolves, uh, they're even further back, and they've only got one game in hand on us. But, yeah, if uh, I'm not sure Man United and Spurs are going to win all their games in hand. Like, like French said in the preview show, one of the Spurs' games is against Liverpool, so that's three points they're not getting. Um, right, let's look at the uh, some more points uh yeah, so that the penalty, Stan. 73rd minute, the seaside Mustafi makes a very rash and stupid tackle and gives away a penalty. Uh, the commentators said that um, Ramsdale was applauding um, White for, for doing a good tackle. And the replay shows it wasn't even fucking close, was it? No, I thought David Luiz was back. I really did. I thought he <laughs> just on, decided he wants to play again for us. I mean, what was happening there? I mean, he totally made a, totally got that one wrong. When it's a nailed-on penalty, there's nothing more you can say about Can't it. I can't argue right? with it. Are you confident that Ramsdale was going to save it? Um, I wasn't. I don't think I've seen him save any pens while he's with us. I don't think I've seen. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't sure, but I mean, Raf, you know, Rafinha. 
you know, he was their danger man, and I thought Rafinha was going to stick it away. Mm. I mean, I always look at penalties like this. I mean, I always, you know, I never expect a goalkeeper to save a penalty, but I always expect the, 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 the person taking it to get it on target. Yeah. If they shoot and it goes wide and it's a bad penalty. If the goalkeeper saves it, it's a bonus. You don't expect keepers to save them. If they do, it's a bonus. You don't slay the keeper for not saving the penalty. I'm wondering how many penalties he is. He that my phone. Get over there. I was wondering how many penalties his face is an Arsenal keeper. Anyway, friends, what did you think to the penalty? Was it? I mean, you obviously think it was unless you weren't watching. No, definitely not. Yeah, no, it was obviously a clear penalty. <laughs> do you know what I reckon? I think um, he wanted to, because obviously he was at Leeds for a while, wasn't he? And I think he's previously said in interviews his favourite stadium is Ellen Road. Um, and you just got the feel that he wanted to kind of um, put on, you know, prove something to the crowd or whatever. And I, I don't know. I, I think that's why at the start I thought he was going to score a goal. He went on one of his runs that he does and he just looked well up for it. And I wonder if that was kind of playing into it a bit that he was just like, yeah, nah, not on my watch. Um, and yeah, just clattered into him. Um, that run did look dangerous, to be fair. It did look like it was going some somewhere. But yeah, completely stupid, stupid challenge. Our, uh, um, that there's Richard, um, my uh, part Egyptian brother. There we go, Rich. That's for you and me. Um, from our pod, uh, Cactus Cash, who knows a thing about football. He trains football. He doesn't play it anymore because last time he played football, he fell over and broke his hand into a million pieces, which is why he hasn't been on in a while. He says, I think Ben White was expecting and then made a challenge and then made a challenge to block a shot. But the chunky lead lab was very clever and took an extra touch and then and it was all over. Yeah, so... Uh, it's rare all us Arsenal fans agree that a penalty against us was, in fact, a penalty. Uh, yeah, the Steph says that was top penalty side netting. Um, Riddy says should have had a clean sheet. If you were um, Ramsdale, you're going to be quite annoyed with for Ben White for giving that away. I mean, even if he'd have just left him to get on with it, was, I don't know if the pitch was a little bit wet and he, he slid more than he thought he was going to. But yeah, that's that's another clean sheet that Ramsdale could have had on his way to being the best goalkeeper in the world. Oh, Richard says thanks. Bless him. Uh, and lots of numbers. Blatant penalty. White and Ramsdale appeared to think contact was made with the ball. Yeah. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's just the plan for stuff to go. Oh no, it wasn't a penalty. And high five each other and send each other gifts and cards and hugs. And they go referee. No, we wouldn't. Of course it wasn't. We wouldn't be doing this if it was a penalty. We would be just do that every single time, no matter what yeah. the situation. See if they ever fall for it. Um, there we go. I, I'm not sure how you say this. That's that's unpronounceable in the English language. Tulbiful. What does that mean? Explain yourself, person. That crowd deserves credit. They were soundly beaten, but you wouldn't have guessed it, seeing the home crowd was singing and making noise. I mean, I, do, I don't like all of the Dirty North, but Leeds, uh, the, the offspring, went to Sheffield the other day. I mean, I've told her to have a good wash when she come back, but I said, go to Leeds, Newcastle. There, there are a couple of nice places. Um, which is put top shit housing from Ramsey, high fiving white. <laughs> oh, here we go, Rudy. Arteta on whether Odegaard can be as good as David Silva. That's a big name. My opinion is the play is the best I've seen playing between the lines for the past 20 years. Can we give an A? Yeah, yeah, you're an A. I think you're being yeah, up there again, Danny. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just reading it anyway for comedy value. Um, I'm giving that as a. 
he didn't say that <laughs> let's try this one martin has a big capacity to unlock situations i'm really happy he's improving now in his goal threat as well he's very willing to become one of the best but it's still very early now that one i do believe yeah. is messing with my this is come kind of let's get i'm taking you to the hay groody this isn't allowed. I never know whether you're telling me the truth or not. Love every, Steph says, love everything Ramsdale does on a football pitch. People, if you've got any questions, um, do put them in there, and then I'll um, save them for later. We've only got two at the moment. Um, Riddy says, am I saying your name right, Riddy? Rid hi? I'm from... I say Riddy. Yeah, I'm saying Rid. I say Rid. There's no chance of me getting it wrong, is there? The Leeds crowd chanting Bielsa's name loud and proud in the end. Has any, uh, Stan, you're a, you're a gentleman of a certain a certain vintage. Could you sit in a position that Bielsa sits in for 90 minutes? Or do you need medical help to get up after? He's always down on his haunches, isn't he? He's always Jesus. down. I, I, could, I could do that for five minutes. You'd need to like put some WD-40 in my knees to try and stretch me out again. You know, because I've not stood up since 1993. I had a, a girlfriend at the time who wanted to see me stood up, so I did. I often see people, when, when my daughter's squatting down like that, I say, don't you get the urge to poo? How do you stop the poos coming out? Because <laughs> I'm old, and the slightest little thing, I'm like one of those those snow Mister those um my father Christmas pooper things. You push the head, and poops come out. Little chocolate things come out. I'm not like that. Is. I'm thinking, how could if you even if you're that close to needing a poo and you squat like that? Well, dear, you could have to get the mop out, love, and do it on your own, you dirty trollop. But I sent John a, a message the other day. Um, I'm going to bore you people. There's a game on the phone, on my mobile phone called um, Paul, and I'm, I'm world class at it. And so I sent her a WhatsApp message because she's she played it first. I know it's got nothing to do with football. This is my um, waffling on about nonsense. I put, hey, sugar tits, can father come and open a can of whoop ass on you and that game of Paul if you smell what I'm cooking? <laughs> so she showed it to all of her friends. And I said, oh, you do know what sugar tits is, don't you? She said, no. I said, Fucking Gavin and Stacey, you muppet. Right, let's get back to the football before people, if everyone leaves. Um, oh, here we go. Steph says, uh, Leeds is a nice place. The football club are dirty scum. I think we like that. Oh, here we go, uh, Rudy. Worth, I was going to say, it's worth pointing out that um, also um, there was uh, racial abuse, wasn't there, directed towards the, um, the Arsenal bench. And I think Rob Holden went up and reported it to, to the staff. Um, so to give credit to Holden for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so oh. the, the, the players on the bench, the Arsenal players were receiving racial abuse apparently from the crowd and Holden uh, went and reported it to the officials. So fair play to Holden for that. So what happened at half-time was, was that the, um, the official spoke to the Arsenal team and said, can you stop celebrating your goals at this particular area because that's where it's coming from? Oh, is that rather, what they rather than going to the area and getting rid of the people... Our players are being told to stay away from that area when you're celebrating because you don't want to upset them. I mean, just if you know if you know the area, just go there and deal with it, right? That's what you're supposed yeah. to be doing. Deal with it. That's that's not on. I mean, doing that during a live game. So it's, I take it they're going to be that's going to be investigated. Did, did Leeds play Chelsea in the game before this one? Was it um, Chelsea? No, Man City. They lost seven 0 I'm sure it was in the last Leeds game on Twitter. I saw somebody. Uh, um, showing a film of from of the crowd doing it that that their last game as well. I'm sure yeah, I'm sure it was Leeds and it was the last uh, their last Premier League game. I'm sure it was. I'm pretty certain. Well, the last one was away at City seven 0 Then it was away at Chelsea and they lost three two. Might have been the Chelsea game. I think it was the Chelsea game. 
You can't but, do that yeah. in this day and age with all those cameras. They're fucking idiots. Um, so do you, going back to the first half, at some point the game was stopped and the referee went over near the bench. Is that the bit you were talking about, Stan? I we don't were, know. talking for ages. I, I, I just know that I, I saw at uh, half-time, Someone else first. Someone else tweeted out and said that there was uh, racial slurs being uh, like hurled, sort of aimed over towards the dugout, the bench. Yeah. And then I saw someone else say at that half time that Arsenal were informed that we are celebrating. Don't just celebrate in this particular area because uh, that's where the bad men are. So you know. Oh, yeah. That bit in the first half, French, looked like you were going to say something. The, the game stopped after about half an hour, forty minutes, didn't it? And then the referee, and they were going, "Well, what, what's going on? What, who is he talking to?" One of the Leeds players looked really unhappy. I didn't. I didn't remember that bit. I was thinking more. I was thinking about the the celebration um, itself uh, from the start. I, I think, or was it was it a Saka's one where he wasn't allowed to celebrate? Yeah, I think it was Saka's one, wasn't it? Um, there was a moment where yeah, he was celebrating, and the referee literally like sort of came over and told him off. Um, and I, that's I thought the goal was about to be ruled offside or something like that. And it was I guess it was linked to that. He was just not allowed to celebrate or something. It's a bit weird. Thank you, thank you. Um, Rudy's getting carried away and he's putting too many things in there. But this one, to carry on from what somebody else has put about Tommy Ashu, said we decided to take him off. He wasn't 100% confident to finish the match. Good. That's what I like to see. Peter Tomlinson. Tomlin, Tomlinson, I've added to you. I've changed your surname, Peter. Sorry about that. If you've got a deep hole and just get that sorted out right now. Um, that's disgusting business. If that was the rest of the season, they told them not to celebrate there. Hmm. Um, Riddy, who, who said my pronunciation of his name was perfect, like Arteta's hairline. Thank you very much. Um, yes, the commentator said that as well. Um Till be full. Oh, I thought they were trying to keep the players away from the crowd because of the COVID protocols. Oh, if racial abuse is the case, and that's shocking. But how can you racially abuse your the opposition when you've got black players on your team, young black men who are just starting out their career in football, and they're, they're going to go, well, thank you very much, fans. Dickheads. Um, oh, Richard's off. He's off to have some something can eggs. Trout. Um, huh? Trout, wasn't it? And that was somebody else that called Trout, wasn't oh, it? Oh, that's, that's, um, uh, where's his name gone? It's gone from my head. How can I forget his fucking name? That's awful. I can't think of it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, Richard, there's this dish, something can edge, it's an Egyptian thing, and he likes it. And he asked Rami Shaban if he liked it, and Rami said no. And, uh, Richard was very unhappy. Uh, oh, good news. Peter's changing his name to Peter Tomlinson. That'll make it easier for me next time. Um, have I missed any other any other comments? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, there's a load from you, Rudy, but you've uh, you've done me the dirty, and I don't trust you anymore. Um, right, so trying trying to get this football podcast back onto football. Eighty second minute, Stan. Have you got anything between seventy three and eighty two? No, just um, that ESR came on for Saka. Yeah. About seventy-seven minutes or so, you came on. Right. Um, have you have you got the eight, the, the goal for the eighty-second minute? Because I'm reading out all the goals, and you've probably made really eloquent notes on this. And I'm, I'm you're only going to get angry and not come on again because I well, keep telling people about the goals. You do the fourth one. Go on. It was I'm about the eighty-third minute or so, and again, it was a, a lovely ball that was put through by Odegaard. It was like a little floaty kind of chipped sort of cross, and uh, ESR just come in and sort of like on the on the volley for one. And it only been on what? How long? You know, it makes it, it makes him basically making an, an immediate impact. He had you know, been on long. for 
five and a half minutes. Yeah, immediate, an immediate impact. And uh, again, you know, a lot of these players are showing us that it's not a fluke, that these players are the real deal. You know, players like Saka, ESR, Martinelli, they are the yeah. real deal. Someone said in the the chat, French, that that was uh, Erdegaard finally got an assist. And I just checked, and that was ESR's seventh Premier League goal in his last 11 Premier League games. When was the last time we had a a player, a central midfielder, a number 10 that that had scored that many, that many goals in that Mm. many games? Maybe Aaron Ramsey? Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 that's it. That was a stunning goal. How did you celebrate? Is it? I think it's six. Um, I know maybe it's Martinelli who's got six goal and assists and six. Yeah, I I, I was over the moon, man. I, I didn't. Again, I was I was almost like um, I, I thought it was offside. Almost, I, I started celebrating, and then I was like, "Wait, what? Like did that? It looks so easy. He's just come on the pitch. He did the same thing last game. Have they not clocked on that you need to defend this guy? Like, um, so I was I was absolutely overjoyed, and obviously it sealed my four-one prediction to be bang on. So yeah, that was an extra <laughs> kick in it for me. I was absolutely over the moon. Uh, beautiful finish, that little scissor kick finish. Beautiful assist from Odegaard. You felt like he held onto it too long, but in the end, it was perfect. So um, yeah, I was really happy for him. Just looking at um, a place with a list of details. Saka is twenty Premier League. Saka's twenty three goals, four assists in the Premier League. Erdegaard is 23, four goals, one assist. Martinelli, 20, four goals, two assists. Smith-Rowe, 21, seven goals, two assists. I mean, that's just... It's become like a bit of a, an inside joke in our house because a few weeks ago, for some reason, I was sitting there watching one of the games and my missus decided to tell me who her three favourite Arsenal uh, players were. And she didn't, or three or four, I think she said, but she didn't have ESR in there. And I said to her, what about... Emil Smith-Rowe. She went, who's that one? And he wasn't playing, right? And I described him that. She went, I don't like him. And I went, you don't like him? I went, she went, I mean, I, I don't really know him. So now, every time he scores, I said, oh, goal. And she'd be like, who is it? And I always I look around and go, the one that you don't like. And she'd always, I didn't say that. I didn't mean that. I say, no, you don't like him. So that's a little bit of a, a, little bit of a joke in our house. Uh, yeah, French, these young lads, did you think it, this has all come together as quickly as it has? Because... It almost seems too good to be true. Like one, I was just looking through the the, um, the messages. I don't know which one of you two just said this is the real deal. It really is, isn't it? Game after game after game, they're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, with Smith Rowe, it, it was sort of the last bit of the puzzle for him to add, wasn't it? Because he had everything else in terms of just game intelligence and um, his fitness had come up. I think it was pretty much since he's come in against um, Chelsea around this sort of time last year, Boxing Day, I think it was. Um, that we've just sort of seemed to have clicked in terms of Arteta's attacking structure. I mean, it's not always perfect, obviously, but with him in the team, we've been so much better. Um, and now that he started to add these goals into his game, I mean, it's yeah, it's a bit unreal, to be honest. Um, I think people say he's overperforming XG, um, you know, that it might not be uh, sustainable or whatever. But when you keep doing these sorts of things, I'm sorry, the, the, the boy's got star talent. He's going he's gonna to just find ways to put it in the back of the net. Um, that finish against uh, West Ham was insane as well. Um, so it just has like a range of of different ways of putting the ball in the back of the net, and it's and it's really beautiful to see. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's not surprising that one or two of them are doing it. All of them at the same time. I know what you mean. It's like, wow, is this is this really happening? Like, yeah. are we? We're just. I think it's um one of our last 
15 Premier League goals was scored by someone over 20, 23. One of our last 15 PL goals was uh, was Lacazette, someone over the age of 23, which is insane. So uh, this is where we are. This is who we are. It's Young Guns FC. I'm sure there was <laughs> a stat that I heard that for that first half, we had 11 shots on goal. We had 15 chances and 11 of them on target. And I'm sure they said that that's the most uh, any team has done in the first half in a Premier League game ever. Yeah, Pretty encouraging. Ever. Since, what was the stat? Since, uh, 11, 11 shots on target in the first half. Yes, we had 21 shots in total and uh, 12 on target. Bloody I don't hell. know if it was ever or whether it was just away games ever, but they, they said it a couple of times and I was like, well, that's pretty impressive. Well, I think according it was ever. To, I think you're right. According to who scored, shots on target, I mean, Saka had seven, but on target he had two. So Martinelli two, Party had two, behave yourself. Row one, Odegaard one, Tierney two, Lacazette two. Wow, can't last, can it? Nothing, nothing. Oh, last last six seasons I've got here. So the I most out of any Premier League team in the last six seasons in the first half. That's um, that's not that's not too bad, is it? No, not at all. See, I was thinking that normally, if when a team like Arsenal, a mid-table team, are down on their uppers, when they've got one really decent player coming through you always think they're going to get poached down but do you think now that we've got four or five really good players that all seem to be playing together less likely any of them are going to get poached because they want to stay together and and bring Arsenal back to the glory days of fourth regularly season after season was that to me yeah oh sorry I thought you asked that to Frenchie yeah I mean well surely they want to if, it, if it's all going well together then you start to believe that you're going to be a part of something. Surely, surely the aim is that you want to win something together. Hmm. You know, yeah. and a lot of these players now they're all on nice long uh, contracts, so uh, you know we don't have to we don't have to worry about anyone swooping in. And as long as they keep producing, and you know, Arsenal does provide a really good environment for football players. Do you know what I mean? It's a very cosy place to be for a footballer. Why would you want to up sticks and go somewhere else? Do you think that's uh, do you agree with that, French? That like I do, that as they're a group, they're not going to be out of um, splint. Or like with, with West Ham, they've got Declan Rice, and it's only a matter of time till he leaves. Or yeah. like with Villa, they had Grealish, they're only decent player, and he left. Do you think they're less likely to be able to poach one of them because now they're all together and they're mates, and they've all come to up together and they're all playing brilliantly? I, I, I honestly do. I don't get the feeling that any of them are, are going to be leaving anytime soon, which is not something that you can often say about, you know, Arsenal's best player. Um, it's, it used, to, it usually is like your your best player or your two best players. Um, you know, that you start hearing rumours about them going here or there, but these boys keep signing contracts. Martinelli signed a long contract when he was injured under Arteta. So with no game time and no promise of, you know, no, no reason to say oh yeah i'm definitely going to play under this guy so he obviously believes in the project and i think i think all of the kids do so yeah i, I tend to agree i think they'll be sticking together for a little while um and and some of them you, you get the feeling they might not go like esr i think he i'm not sure if it was an actual quote or not but it, there was seem to be something about him saying if they put a contract in front of me i'll sign it don't think his agent would like him saying that so i have to double check for that, actually. they said in the in the second half that them saka used to say that he'd look at a picture of Jack Wilshere when he was training and that would give him the, the, the enthusiasm, the inspiration to, to get better as a player. And, uh, yeah, it's slightly off topic. We've not even finished the game yet, but 
Would you, Stan, would you like to see Jack come back in the uh, summer? Because Arteta has been quoted, not a Rudy Rastos dodgy quote, but an actual quote saying that he is good enough to play Premier League football. He's been one of the, the fittest of all the players um, training with the squad at the moment. But it is a bit weird that if he's that good, why hasn't he signed a contract with somebody else? Yeah, I mean, I it's a dodgy one, that, for me, uh, the Jack Wilshire one, because they see him they see him every day, so they know whether it's worth it or not, you know, whether it's worth that, whether it's worth the punt. But, I mean, if you can't get players to come in in January that we need, and we're going to need we're going to need more reinforcements because a lot of our key players are going to be going off for the Africa uh, con, then is there any harm, then, of if you can't get a, something permanent or a good loan, and he's already at the club, and he is fit and can play, to put him on a short-term deal. You know, I don't think we should be offering Jack Wilshere a five-year deal, but if he's on a pay-as-you-play thing, you know, for maybe 20 games of the season, I don't think it would hurt. How about you, French? I would. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Stan. Um, if it's a sort of pay-as-you-play kind of contract, why not? You know, we're going to have that problem during AFCON. Um, Arteta said in training the other day that, you know, players say he's one of the best in training. Um, and, uh, yeah, if he, if he can, you know, just be helpful and we can pay him when he's there and, and obviously just add that element of um, just, you know, feeling like, yeah, this is... If Saka was looking at his picture every day, that's that's really big, right? And it's that's going to be really big to have him around yes. for the kids. So yeah, I I don't see why not. Good, I agree. Yeah, can can only be a good thing, especially if the manager has said that how fit he looks now. Well, he's fitting in. A comment from AJ that I've been saving from Riddy was this Cedric's testimonial. <laughs> Oh, our John in our WhatsApp group was getting quite angry. We've been saying, hey, as soon as he's come on, everything's coming down our right-hand side. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not much love out there for Cedric, is there? Poor boy, uh, bloke, man. Uh, where is it? So uh, we've got any more? There's been loads of... Um... Seven says, overperforming XG just means he is doing better than the average player in the same situation. That's been from so long ago, Steph. I've got no idea what that was about. Um, uh, Emil Smith Rowe, and I agree. Ah, uh, Neil V. Arsenal with as many shots on target in the first 28 minutes today as Spurs have had in September. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Sai says, We can enjoy this run until the new year. Man City gives me the shivers. Uh, just not just have that game be just. Just cancelled because of COVID. Um, Neil V. Arteta says the training gown was shut on Thursday as a precaution, given a deep clean. He says Pablo Mari as well as Sambi Laconga have COVID 19. Yes, as does Simon Collings, who is uh, with ABW for many years and now is a budding journalist and doing wonders in the world. He's got it, and Carl's got it, and uh, yeah, never mind. They'll be all right. Well, we're lucky with that market. Who are we going to buy? No, yeah, no. No one's going to buy our players because they've got no money. They're not going to go over to Spain. And Liverpool and City don't really need anyone apart from a striker. And uh, I don't think they'd want any of our players. I mean, they'd have them as, as spares. But, I mean, look how long it's taken the Ox to get in. I was watching Liverpool the other night, and I think they said that's the Ox's third time he's played, played started a, game, a league game for Liverpool in three years or some number like that, you're thinking. Wow. Wow. That's not good. Um, right. Uh, ah. Mr. Waffles is there. He's joining us for the Sunderland post-game show. 
So uh, I think I said that earlier. Right, uh, where were we up to? I've started, I've started to drift off, Stan. You have to shout at me to get me back in line. Um, oh, here we go. 85th minute. Tavares on for Odegaard. ESR from the left wing to the, cent- the central CAM. And Tavares plays left wing, head of KT and, and at left back. People have asked if that might work. Do you, uh, French, do you have any... Any idea whether that could have legs in the future, or do you think it was just uh, needs must at the time? What was that? Uh, Tavares up on the wing, does that? Yeah, ahead of KT. You've heard, yeah, we've kind of heard it mooted. Um, I don't, I don't really know about that. I think the the thing that Tavares can't really do as well as KT is end product in the final third, so it doesn't really make that much sense for me to move him up again. I think one of his other superpowers is the ability to shuttle up and down that wing. Um, he just seems to be able to do that with great ease. So I don't really see the logic in putting him permanently higher up. Maybe as like a left wing back with KT as a left-sided centre-back in a back three. Um, I could see them both playing on the same pitch in that sort of scenario, uh, but not not with him as a winger unless it's, yeah, needs must, as we saw. OK, what do you think about that, Stan? I don't know if I see it as, a, as something that I would start matches with. But if you maybe want to, if you're riding comfortably in a game, like we, you know, and by the score, you know, you're sort of like three nil up or something like that and you're closing the game out and you've got, you're looking ahead to the next game, it's handy that you've got someone that you can put in and take off for Martinelli if he's, uh, if you want to save his energy for a game that's coming up midweek. So it's handy to have, but I still prefer Tierney, Tierney as the starting left back over Tavares. And I'm not sure whether Tavares is somebody that I would I would like to see as a starting winger ahead of a Martinelli, for example, or an ESR. But he's handy to have. He can slot into those two positions and, and fill in. Thank okay. you. Okay, right. Uh, French, we've got three questions. Do you want to stay for those three questions? Okay, well, I'll give you the first one then. It's from Phil Macker. I've not proofread it, so it might be nonsense. Can anyone tell me what Lacquer really offers us? I was wondering whether we could start with a Smith row on the left and Martinelli down the middle. That's the first question Phil Mack has ever put in that made sense. <laughs> um, so I think we kind of had this discussion earlier in a sense. I, I think Lacquer's ability to set the play is phenomenal. So Martinelli tends to really want the ball in front of him. He wants to run into space. Um, that's what he does really, really well. Lacazette wants the ball to feet. He wants to sit there and get the ball, pass it off, turn around. He doesn't really want to run with the ball. Um, So having Lacazette there uh, up top is just an important focal point. I don't know if Martinelli's hold-up play is quite to that level yet, Um, but what we've seen is that he's really learnt that left-sided game. I think Arteta has spent a long time kind of developing his tactical awareness and positioning in terms of, you know, off-the-ball defensive work uh, and, and Martinelli now looks fantastic there whereas about a season ago he didn't really look like he knew what he was doing defensively so I I, I think there's a lot of fruits to be born from him and that sort of inside forwards uh, on the left and Lacazette for the rest of his six months here he's been playing really well I don't understand why we want to just sort of shoo him out when he's he's been playing really well he's, he should have been man of the match the last match and um, and this game he, again he got that that pressing assist for Martinelli's first goal and he was just a nuisance so um, yeah, I think he works well with the other players, and um, and yeah, he offers that wall to set off that Martinelli can't quite do yet. I don't think. And looking at Lacazette's recent games, he's played ninety minutes, eighty-eight minutes, eighty-three minutes, eighty-five minutes. Considering all season, the longest he's ever played, 
Whereas the 69, the 68, and the 67, people saying, hey, well, he can't last in the full game. Done it four times in a row nearly now, hasn't he? Impressive. And, and considering he's going out of contracts, um, you have to, get, again, give credit to his professionalism, right? Because he, obviously, he, you have the argument that, yes, he wants to play for a big contract elsewhere. So, of course, he's going to put in these performances. But, you know, not all players do that, as we know. So, fair play to him to just being so committed and, and just looks happy to be here. I agree. Right, a question for um, for you, Stan. Who do you think will get the armband eventually? My money is on Katie or Ramsdale. Well, my choice would be uh, Kieran Tierney as the first choice. And then I'd have a couple of uh, lieutenants, you know, to, like a little trio in there, you know, for when uh, Tierney can't play or needs to be rotated out. And I'd have uh, Odegaard uh, because he has experience uh, at captain. And also at Ramsdale, uh, just because he seems to have the charisma for it. But I think when, you, when you're choosing a captain, it's not only about what they're going to give you on the pitch. You've got to think about who it, you know, who's going to be wheeled out in front of cameras when Arsenal's maybe working on a new initiative or getting involved in a charity or has information about a new kit launch. You want someone that's going to be really a good communicator and it's going to be the face of Arsenal. And I think Kieran Tierney kind of he ticks all those boxes. You know, I like what you said earlier about it with that when the hand went in his face and he was just kind of he just kind of wiped it <laughs> off. And then you see the tra- the players training in like Arctic conditions and he's got big players like Ozil with his snood on right up and you could just about see his eyes and Kieran Tierney's walking around with his fucking short sleeve shirt on and out like it's a summer summer's day or summer's afternoon. I just think he has the right the the, the right profile on and off the pitch to be a good captain uh, for Arsenal. And although he may not play every game, you know, you look, you only have to look at somebody like Mark Noble over at West Ham, who's their captain. You know, Mark Noble hardly starts any games these days, but he's still the club captain. Comes on for a good pen though, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Final question is for you, French. What players, or you can ask, but Stan can go after this, what players do you think you can expect back for the Sunderland game? Do you think that Fepe might get a game? Um, yeah, Chambers will probably see. Pablo Mari maybe might pop up. Um, Pepe could could well get a game. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, and Ketia, not quite a, an outcast, but I, I think uh, Arteta wants to give him minutes, so I think he will. Um, you could see um, if his you know girlfriend lets him, Ainsley might, might make an appearance. <laughs> um yeah but i can't really think of any others off the top of my head but yeah i'd like to see chambers as well man because it's just he 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 really performed like as we needed him to and if he was like a few you know miles per hour faster he would actually be a decent right back but since tommy Asu's come in it's like he just doesn't exist um so it'd be nice for him to get a run up stan who would you like to who do you think it's going to come in or would you like to see because leno is obviously going to be in goal isn't he I just want to answer that question that you've got up from Neil V. I mean, Gabriel is someone that I really like, but the only reason that I, I'm I'm not considering him in my, my personally for me as a, as a captain, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure about his communication skills. I don't know how good his English is. And as I mentioned, when you're having somebody to be the the face of the club to talk about maybe any new initiatives, I'm, I'm not sure whether Gabriel has that in him to be, you know, constantly talking for long periods of time to the press and, you know, magazines or newspapers and stuff like that. But I really like Gabriel. He is a natural. He does have the leadership qualities on the pitch. So the question that you asked me was um, about Sunderland. 
Yeah, who do you think is going to rotation? Come in? I think it's an ideal. That's this is a sort of game that you'd like. I want to see some rotation. You know, you have to give players a chance to knock on the manager's door, and also as well, you have to give other players a little bit of a rest. And we've got such a young profile in our team. I'd like to see some of the uh, people on the fringes, people like El Nenny, uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Callum Chambers. You know, uh, I was going to say Pablo Mari, but he's if he's going to be out with the with the with the Lurgy, maybe we can't use him. Tavares at left back, Leno in goal. You know, Eddie up front, or even a Balogun on. You know, Eddie up front with Balogun on the bench, or vice versa. You know, why not and have the security of having some older heads on the bench, just for a bit of security in case you start seeing the game plans going a little bit, a little bit of taking a bit of a wobble. You can maybe bring on an Odegaard or maybe bring on a Lacazette or something like that to, or even have a Xhaka on the bench to, ready to come on as a bit of experience. Mm. Right, I agree. Uh, well, I think that's the show. Uh, I think we're all over and done. We've had, we've had a lovely, lovely chit-chat, a lovely win, and uh, it's, it's, all, it's all turned out lovely again. That's how uh, I'm not used to this. Three no. decent games in a row. Who's next? We've got... Um, We've got Sunderland, uh, Leeds, no, that's today. You've got um, home to Sunderland on the 21st, away at Norwich, home to Wolves, and then the season's over. So we won't talk about the game after that because there's absolutely no point. Right, thank you very much, uh, French, for joining us. Uh, back-to-back shows for you today. That's You've been you've been an oh, absolute wonder. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it's been fun to be back on. Um, thanks for having me. And, um, yeah, obviously, at French Guna 23 on Twitter, the Guna Talk um, on YouTube and the date detective agency uh, for relationship advice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thanks again for having me, mate. I look forward to seeing you again. Well, if you tweet the podcast, the AFC podcast, with all your things, then I shall retweet it, and then uh, then it will be done correctly. Will you come back for a podcast again? Yeah, of course, mate. Of course, yeah, yeah. And hopefully in the same conditions. Yeah, lovely. And Stan, again, uh, glad you got out of your deathbed to come and see us. And it was oh, worth it. I I'll always enjoy coming on and especially talking with you, Danny, when it's a win. Um, yeah. Nice to have met French Guna. I've not met him before. Um, I hope to chat with you again. And you can find me on Twitter at Stan underscore the underscore man 68. And you can find me on Tuesdays at the same old Arsenal USA, which is uh, starts at around about 7 o'clock PST time. And also on Thursdays over at the Arsenal Fan Circle with Ray and the lads. Excellent. Right, everybody. Thank you to, to everybody in the chat for joining us for both of the shows today. And uh, if you're new, give it a thumbs up. And if you like it, give it a subscribe. That's back to front. I did that on purpose. See what I did there? Slight fans like Paul Daniels never died. Right. Thank you much, everybody. And I'll see you later. Up your bum. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.